Hi, and welcome to Rugby Bits and Pieces episode two. So um, our first episode was a massive hit and we thank everyone for that. Let's jump into this week's topic. And because the World Cup is poof, a handful of days away, it would only be right to see who's in the hot seat as a World Cup coach and who isn't. So like the Springboks, uh, Jacques Ninab has already announced that he's leaving, but I mean, he obviously wants to win it so he can leave on a high. But whose jobs are really on the line with a good or a bad performance? Um, is someone going to to get their, their career prolonged or will Eddie Jones um, he'll sign another 30-year contract with, with the Wallabies? We never know. Tyler... I'm joined, sorry, everybody, I'm joined by Cooks and Tyler. I apologize, I should have introduced you guys a little, a little earlier. Tyler, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm ironically going to put you in the hot seat straight up. Cooks, you get some time to prepare. Um, Tyler, firstly, who's, who's got a free ride? Who, which coaches have got a free ride in this World Cup? And I'll give Cooks the hard one. <laughs> Thank you for that, Sean. I mean, <laughs> there's many ways of taking this. I mean... There's coaches that aren't coming back. So your Jacques Ninabas, your Ian Fosters, your Kieran Crowleys, they aren't, you know, returning to at least this job regardless because those countries, or they've either have resigned or those countries have announced (laughs) new coaches in their place. So, I mean, it's pretty much a free hit for those coaches in in, in some respects because there's no uh, job consequences to it. I mean, Ninob has already got a job. Crowley's already got a job. I'm sure Foster will pop up in the Jap- in the Japanese rugby league, and then we have more reason to slander the Japanese rugby league and its quality next season. So they are quite safe. But I think the ones that are even more safe are Andy Farrell and Fabian Galtier, because those two teams have reached pretty much unprecedented levels of success in the last four years, and bar a you know a group stage exit for both teams if they lose like in the quarterfinals to either or New Zealand South Africa or one or each other I think okay maybe a France uh, with the exception for France in terms of maybe losing in a quarterfinal I think that's gonna be like you know what fair enough there's not much we can do about that we played really good teams you've been really good over the four years learn from it Let's give you 2027. Like, I can't, or let me not say I can't see it, but I'd be very surprised if both countries don't go with those two coaches as their head coaches in 2027. Like, you've got the platform now. In France's case, you've got the squad that is maybe a bit too young for this World Cup. They'll be almost in the perfect age for 2027. So, Galtier can grow with them. And... (laughs) And I mean, you know, it's not like France have like another group of like 19, 20, 21 year olds that have been dominating rugby as well. You know, nothing to be worried about. <laughs> so Gaultier, I think, has got, you know, almost a, a red carpet there. Like as long as he, let's say semifinal, if he can just make the semifinal, I think pretty, everyone will be pretty happy with that. Fair enough. We can go forward from that. Even if he loses the quarterfinal to like a really close loss to the Springboks, I think that would be enough to to get him going. I mean, Farrell's uh, sneaky, sneaky, but Ireland have a, a pretty old team, actually, when you think about it. So it'll be interesting what Farrell does sort of post-2023. But I think the, the 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 concept and the principle of the team is still there. Like, you you can take it forward from that. So 
those are those are the two. If you just go through the groups quickly, um, Gregor Townsend seems to have secured, you know, or at least got himself out of the firing line. So he's in the safe half instead of being the unsafe half because, you know, he's... He's going to be England again. That's how he keeps yeah, his job. Yeah, 100%. 1,000%. He's his job in the world. <laughs> yeah. Five-year contract extension, done. I mean, he's, he's, what, he's beaten them three times, so he's got a 15-year contract extension, surely. <laughs> so he, yeah, because I think he got an extension um, after the World, I mean, after the Six Nations, right? After he was hunting for another job. Yeah, hundred percent. But he, he was literally he was there. literally shopping around, and they're like, no, 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 come back here, come back here, let's keep you. <laughs> yeah. So in if you look at it from Pool D, so that's your England coach um, Steve Borthwick, or, um, Argentina coach Michael Checker, maybe um, his um, assistant coach um, Felipe Contepomi is looking at that job now. It'll be interesting to see how the Pacific Islands do. So does someone like Totai Kefu and Sirisa Mapesua, like, do they get a lot of confidence if, if, if they do quite well and now they have all these, um, what do you call it, expats that are coming back to, to their home rugby? What, what happens with them? Yeah, but I think the main answer is the top two teams in the world and they're top two teams for a reason. Cooks, um, yeah, mate, I, I know you love a controversial opinion. Because, I mean, I'm, I don't even think the Dragons fans have given you from uh, what happened a, a few weeks back. Um, but surely someone, someone's heads on the chopping block. Surely someone has got to, like, someone's got to pull finger, otherwise he's gone. Who's, who's basically had conversations with the, with, with the board saying, just judge me on the World Cup? I think um, it's got to be Eddie Jones to a certain extent. I mean... I know they've given him until 2027, but I, I do think Australia sort of made the change to get Dave Rennie out um, after he had a terrible camp in January. I mean, I don't know why they even the fire was fine in the last year. So they, they, I'm, I'm, still, I'm, still, I'm still adamant that he had the camp. One of the board members got there, saw the plans. It's like, you know what? This guy's got to go. Sorry, boys. I saw the Zog's plans. and It's not going to work out for us. I think Eddie Jones is, is under massive pressure because, I mean, he did come back. And I, and I do think Australia do feel like on their side of the draw, they're probably the best of the best of the rest, pretty much. I think, I mean, England, or who knows what's happening on their side besides Stephen Borthwick naming 88 squads per week. Um, uh, like, <laughs> so, like, we don't know. squad naming, eh? He loves his squad naming. I'm like, oh man, like, do you know, like, the cutoffs like, for like the 10th of August? He's like, his name is like eight, like eight different squads every week. Like, so, so it's been and dropped. They, and the players are yo yo. I'm like, yeah, they play as yo yo. Yeah. They're oh. like, sorry, you're off next week. Oh, wait. I'm sorry, you're off this week, but come back next week, please. If the World Cup was built on naming squads, England would definitely be favorites by now. Um, <laughs> but I think, uh, with Eddie Jones, I think there's big pressure on him. I think Australia do feel like. They can make a dent in this World Cup, sort of just basically going around. Because I mean, they'll looks like they'll play the England Argentina in the um, in the quarters, and you and they'll back themselves to do that, and then maybe pull off a surprise in the semi. So I think there is there, there is big pressure on Australia, but I think there's also uh, to throw a name at the head there. I think in Simon Rauli Rauli from the, the Fiji coach. I think they're actually coming into the World Cup with a bit of expectations, you know, because they've got a proper, proper side and they can feel like they could, they can beat Wales or Georgia, maybe even shock Australia. So they can feel like they can make a, a quarterfinal run. And, and, 
and we always do feel like with these Pacific Island sides, oh, if things do go right and like maybe they can still upset, but would it be an upset if Fiji beat Wales now at the moment? Um, it, it, it's like Wales no. do. I mean, Fiji do have that sort of have have that expectation, so of doing well. So it's going to be interesting to see how they deal with that. But tell I, I want to throw a hot take here. I think Andy Farrell's under the biggest pressure in terms of. I don't think he'll be fired, but I, I think with Ireland, you look at 2019 World Cup. They were exceptional in 2018. Team of the year before. Sexton was was player of the year before he became a referee's nightmare and sort of and then things then things fell apart 2019 and then now they've sort of built up the the way they've sort of planned for this World Cup getting better and better each year the age profile of the squad the Irish I think the Irish can walk in there and going listen and, and expectation going listen if this side can't at least get us to that semi-final then what side can We've and if it's been around for a while, mm. and yes, they've got the All Blacks, the the the, the face the All Blacks of France, but they they thinking we beat the we we beat the All Blacks all the time. We've been in the Springboks the last time. It's been a while since the Springboks have been in Ireland, so it's like if you guys are the best team in the world, these are the games you got to win. You we, like it's only like understanding World Cup you got to beat who's in front of you and if Ireland is as good as we say they should be able to they should feel like they can beat either the, either the All Blacks I mean either the All Blacks or Ireland I mean uh, the All Blacks or France in the quarters and beat the Springboks in the group stages so I just feel like with that side now probably the, the second golden generation I think so they do come in the, with, under, with, 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 under, with, with some pressure to perform and it can't just be oh Ireland does this every year and I think that that's going to weigh uh, massively against them. And I think with Andy Farrell, it's it's something that for them to sort of validate the last four years and show they are the best in the world. Otherwise, I just feel like if they, they lose a quarterfinal again, no one will take them seriously. Like, because now they're like, they've worked hard to almost, people, we're all still defending them, saying how good they are. No, this side is good enough to go to go forward. And I, and, and for me with Ireland, they're a side that can win a World Cup. But they, they like tell when you make your tears, they are in the top tier and arguably probably the best team in the world at the moment. I mean, they beat France, um, get a great Six Nations. So I think a lot of pressure has got to go to Ireland. I think the Springboks do have pressure because sort of a lot of our eggs have been pushed into the World Cup basket. And, you know, when we lose games, oh, you know, we're building towards the World Cup. As in as fans, we think that like if something happens, like, oh, we're still building, we're still building onto the World Cup. Everything goes to the World Cup. And, and I think we do need a good result in the World Cup to sort of, like I said, validate what the Springboks have done in the last three years. And, and, and the Springboks know. And they've made it, and, you know, if you watch that Inside the Springboks YouTube documentary, they, they've made it clear that they are going to win the World Cup. They've, everything they've done is going, is planning towards winning the World Cup. So there is, there is a lot of pressure on them. Can they put together, it's been a good three years, but there's been performances there, it's been patchy, and we sort of, the work we sort of been looking forward to the World Cups, so sort of not diving too deep into those losses, or taking or making the most out of those losses. So, I'd say if I had to rank, I'd probably say like um, so Eddie Jones, probably the most Andy Farrell, Simon Rowley, and then probably Jogni number fourth in terms of just pressure. That's awesome. I'm glad you mentioned the Springboks because I have a little bit of a mini hot take, but <clears throat> I believe. Um, it's uh, probably a straight run between Davids and, and Mzwandela Stick to take the Springbok coaching job and they need to perform during the World Cup to take that job. 
if you understand what I'm saying. Like, I think there's there's quite a bit of pressure on everyone all around for that. Um, Fiji coach uh, Rauli, I've butchered his name. I apologize. The um, it's a great shot. I think Japan are also a little under pressure. Um, they uh, it's you know after. 2015 that win against the Springboks and then the complaints about um, you know how the draw was set up with like a four-day or three-day break between games then to hosting it and having that incredible performance at home you really probably would have expected more so so there's that interesting take on um, on on Andy Farrell I I tell you if you we're gonna do hot takes here I reckon Eddie Jones ends Borthwick or Butcher's, Farrell's, Lions, Jobs uh, chances in the future. I think Eddie Jones got a chance of taking taking one or both of them out the mix and really, really just cause chaos. Both of just needs to lose by fifty points at home before he can think about any Lions jobs. That's that's his <laughs> that's his first um, protocol. And I mean, like he can't be. I mean, like if, if he's naming eighty eight squads per week now, just imagine what's what's going to happen come Lions season. <laughs> Imagine. Tyler, he's the ultimate, sorry, he's the ultimate, like, um, he would be the greatest Lions coach because we'd have, like, a new Lions squad every week. We'd have more debates. <laughs> we'd have, like, you know, Lions team here, a Lions team under 25, a Lions team if these clubs are not available, a Lions team <laughs> if this person has been pissed off. Like, it's, I think we actually Great need to invest in this. Yeah. Grateful yeah, podcasters. Yeah. I think... Borthas is doing it for us, guys. I think that's ultimately yeah. what he's trying his to do. His week one, his week one of the month will be let's name a full island side and then make them happy and piss everyone else off. Or his week one will be like exclude all Scottish players. And week week three will be like include an over over crazy amount of Scotland players. <laughs> like it'll just be it'll just be carnage. But oh man, imagine. Tyler, a little something that that popped into my head. There are a couple of assistant coaches that, I mean, uh, Cooks, I think it was you, you mentioned uh, Contipomi, obviously the um, Dion Davids and Zondile Stick. Like there are a couple of guys and there's a few positions opening up. I know some of them have been filled, but who of the assistant coaches, and I apologize for, for absolutely swinging you a curveball, but do you think there's any assistant coaches that have really got their eye on a couple of big jobs moving forward? Yeah, let's let's look at the job market here for for coaches after twenty twenty three. So France is taken. We know Ireland is taken. South Africa. I mean, realistically, I don't think there's going to be an overseas coach coming in. I mean, we don't really pay that much money, <laughs> to be honest. And obviously, getting in a non South African coach um, into the South African environment is you know difficult at best. And you have to work with Rice Erasmus. And, you know, that might be a good or a bad thing, <laughs> depending on the coach. <laughs> so that's probably out. We know New Zealand is, is taken. Sure, I would be very shocked. But, I mean, England is surely taken after 2023? Question mark? But for I'm how sure. long? Yeah, I, I, think, uh, I think 2024 is safe, but 2025 is a worry. Yeah. Look, I mean... Yeah, I think at this stage, as England, Wales, and Australia have shown, and it's worked out perfectly for them, a coach can be fired a year from the World Cup. So you've only got the job for maybe two years. So maybe I Wales. Mean, I think. I think Wales. I was going to say Wales is probably the most like Wales and Australia. Are the two jobs I would say are the highest and most available for you know your Paul O'Connells, Ron O'Garas, Mike Katz, Tony Browns. 
um, you know, those sort of, you know, assistant coaches that have been doing well in international or like, or coaches that have been doing well in international rugby or club rugby or sorts. Because as we've said, Australia, Eddie Jones, you never know. And you never know who he pisses off. I mean, look, there's a lot of Nick Mallet in Eddie Jones. You can definitely see Jones saying something about us paying too much for these rugby league players and we're paying too much for Vunivalu. It'd be like his thing about the ticket prices that Nick Mallet did. And then McKinnon gets unhappy with him. He's done. And then he goes and coaches in the US. So you can see that. Gatlin must be tired. I think he is. That's why he's trying to torture his damn players. He's like, absolutely, it's a, it's a cry for help. Like, this guy is, this guy thought for some reason that it's still 2015 or 2011. Sam Warburton is still there. And he thought he was going to have a nice time, like, you know, living it back. You know, look, a bit of personal news. Like, I, like, for example, I got married to someone that we broke up with and then we got back to. So I'm not the best person to go, never go back to your ex. But usually, never go back to your ex. I don't know what Warren Gatlin was thinking. Like, you just never, maybe, ever maybe do that. Maybe, maybe. Warren Gatlin watched uh, Tyler's, uh, Tyler's wedding video and he's like, you know what? He's going to work with me too. <laughs> the best man speech. Um, we're going to have to hide this podcast away from your missus. <laughs> yeah, I think let's, I'll, I'll, I'll not tell her about this particular podcast. But yeah, uh, those are the two jobs, and you can you can see the likes of. I mean, yeah, I don't think Ron O'Gara is going to be saving himself for Wales. I mean, let's be honest. I think he's it's either Ireland or England or maybe a Southern Hemisphere job. Australia looks attractive, obviously, with the Rugby World Cup coming up. But yeah, like I mean, as we've talked about with the Rennie, Eddie Jones thing a few times. Not sure where they go to after EJ though. So what happens? But there's not really the best jobs available for players. And I mean, yeah, quick's just one thing about um Raiuli is as I understand, I think he's more of an interim coach because Vern Cotter left the job pretty much this time last year, I think. So he's pretty much only just taking care of them up until the end of the World Cup. So I think the Fiji job will be open in any case, unless obviously he wants it. I'll but take it. From what I <laughs> just for I'll the stash. It. Oh man, you flip, eh? Now there's something. But yeah, I mean, you know me. I love a, I love a little island getaway. Um, flip, man. I <laughs> disappear. Go do some rugby. Go dive on well, my days. Happy well, happiness. Well, well, to be sure, sure, it will work perfect. It will work perfect for you, perfectly for you. Because in Fiji, you only play like three tests a year, so you have more than enough time to sort of have time. You can still friend, podcast. And, you, know, you can still podcast. I mean, like. We know rugby's not doing anything to help to help uh, like the tier two teams play more games. So it's actually works perfectly for you for the next fifteen years, I guess. Done. I'm gonna brush up my CV and uh, I'll send it off. I need some uh, references, and you guys are it. So thanks, Tala. <laughs> all I know is whether Gatlin keeps his job or not. Whoever coaches the Dragons is going nowhere near the world shows. That's all I know. I don't know much, but that's one thing I do know for a fact. Wow. You know, I did. I thought we did so well to smooth over, but you've just gone and like picked that scab and opened up another. And oh. absolutely have, smashed I have, it. I have again. They just I, I, I miss rugby, so I miss. I'm, I'm actually missing the URC a little bit. So that's why, unfortunately, the poor dragons are copying some abuse. <laughs> yeah, I tell well, you, Rog, guys, Rog, imagine Rog takes the Australian job, okay, beats beats the Lions, then wins the World Cup with them in 2027. Then that's a big middle finger to Ireland. Yeah, that would be in 
incredible. I still think both like the pressure does come. Like Taylor said, like it's England's still one of the most attractive jobs to coach for any coach. I think with just the resources and the structure. Money. Like, I mean, if you like England boss, they probably think, Jesus, Ronald Gore is right there. Imagine him getting four years at a crack at this. But I, I do think Stephen Borthwick, if, even if he gets to a quarterfinal, I think he'll have done enough. But in saying that, I don't like, like with England, like sort of there's this, this, I don't, I don't, I don't want to see England like going under the radar. Like they, they, they just sort of like seemingly just going along, trying to figure things out. So I, you know, I just, like I said, um, they're also just a very, very quiet. I mean, Borthwick is a very good coach. I think he's probably, this, the amount of time now, they get to spend in camp together, so it's probably a big blessing in disguise for them. Um, and um, yeah, Flip, like I said, yeah, he could actually make a big, big statement in the World Cup. Because no, I think the only time actually do mention England is when they drop the squad. So that's probably that's his way of keeping England relevant. But um, so yeah, I think yeah, but that's still that England job is a massive, massive, massive pull for any coaches. I think everyone's going to be looking at that job. Twenty four, twenty five. It's still a good job to have. I mean, most coaches would leave their clubs in instinct or most leave most jobs in instinct to go coach England. Rassi Erasmus wants the England job, but don't say it out loud because South Africans are listening. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's my, that's my hot take that a certain South African from dispatch is saving himself for a, a nice move overseas to London. Yeah, he's, he's, know, definitely, he's definitely lining sense. himself up for that one. Um, oh yeah, just a quick one as well. Like Argentina, we haven't really talked about them. I'm not sure what their situation is if they have said they're going to stick with Cheka or is is it almost an understanding that the succession plan is for Felipe Contepomi to have um, to have his go for next time because the assistant coaching team is Contepomi and Fernandez Lobe, like and with other coaches as well. So I assume. You know, that's a great team to have, you know, obviously just in terms of name recognition for Argentina afterwards. I mean, I, I'm sure they would have wanted Gonzalo Quesada, but he's now gone to Italy. So, and obviously he's been there before. So, yeah, I'm wondering what the Czech situation is. And as we've, I think we talked about a last or in, in, in a previous part, Sean, that the Michael Checker thing is almost like Jose Mourinho. Hooks will be an expert in this. Like 18 months, it's great. But yeah, after 18 months, and apparently it's 17 months at the World Cup, that's when the checker magic falls and he starts punching walls. And it's, yeah, the, the, then, you know, those people, those um, players in the good, bad. Sorry? And he uses all his new, newly learned Spanish. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the good, bad rugby Australia people, they, they say their things about Eddie Jones, but they're very careful not to say anything about Michael Checker. So... I'm just putting it out there. I think he probably doesn't um, have a, or he's not with Argentina as a head coach in 2024, probably maybe in the more senior role. So you can see him floating around as well. Jamie Joseph is going to be available. So yeah, it'll be very interesting to see how the coaching landscape um, cracks up next year. Gents, thank you so much. What an awesome, uh, awesome chat. I'm going to uh, wrap this up with an absolute bombshell here and i'm not even going to allow anyone to get involved afterwards eddie jones so cooks you you reminded me you made me think of this when you said that england are struggling to be relevant eddie jones is the most ultimate sleeper agent he's him and borthwick have come up with this plan for england to win the world cup jones gets fired borthwick takes over eddie jones still keeps all the media on him in australia 
and then England slide under the radar and go on all the way for the Rugby World Cup 2023. Who would have thought? Ooh. And that's episode wow. two of the Rugby Bits and Pieces. And uh, yeah, it was uh, an absolute hilarious and great chat, but also awesome to chat about, uh, about coaches in and out of the World Cup. Um, yeah, don't forget to like, subscribe and share. And we're looking forward to coming to your airwaves again soon. Thank you and goodbye.